Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS International Podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Joining us today, we have Christina Motilal, a second-year medical student at the American University of Antigua, and she is also one of our fantastic ambassadors. Our hosts are AMBOSS physician, Dr. Tanner Schrank, that's me, and AMBOSS international presenter, Sophie Neal. Thanks very much, Tanner. So when it comes to diversity, we've still got a long way to go, and that includes within medical education. In order to prepare medical students for real life on the wards, it's crucial that they're exposed to as many cases and treatment protocols as possible that cover a diverse range of patients and medical scenarios. In today's episode, we're exploring the topic of diversity and inclusion within medical education, how it can be improved, and how big an impact this knowledge can have on future physicians. Yeah. Hi, Christina. Thank you very much for taking some time out of your busy study schedule and your step preparation to talk with us about this really important topic. I'm flattered and honored. (laughs) I actually love AMBOSS. I fell in love, not just with the platform itself, but the entire mission with the awards you guys have won and how you're helping with advocacy and just spreading education around the world. It's, It's amazing. That's so great. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. So we'd like to learn a little bit more about you. Can you tell us about your medical school journey and your background yourself? Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm a second year medical student at the American University of Antigua. Apart from that, I love advocacy and I try to get as much in as I possibly can trying to fit that in with school. I am part of the South Queens Women's March. It started off as a grassroots organization, and it's now an actually city-funded organization here in New York City, Queens. I'm also on the junior board for the Campaign Against Hunger for New York, and I'm part of the American Medical Student Association, and I was also branch president for the American Medical Women's Association. That's incredible. Wow, that's a lot. You've got a lot going on there, but super impressive. And you said you're from New York originally, right? I am from Queens, New York. Yes. My family is from Guyana, which is in South America. It's the only English speaking country in South America. And ethnically, we're from the Indian subcontinent diaspora. Wow. So you've got a really diverse background. Very diverse. Looks wise, I can probably be considered Indian. But culturally, we have a lot of influences from like Spanish, African, and obviously the Indian subcontinent. Wow, amazing. And you mentioned previously that you studied in the Caribbean, so as well as in the US. And I was wondering if you've seen any like really big differences as to how diverse the curriculum was, you know, between the two. With the curriculum, maybe not as much because our school was based on an American system. But one thing great about AUA, they actually started a curriculum where it's active learning. So it wasn't mostly based on lectures and just book work. But we got to sit together in groups and dissect the material that way, which was great because going to a Caribbean school, it's not necessarily the norm and the traditional route. There was a lot of students from so many diverse backgrounds and a lot of students who came from many parts of the world and were just able to sit in groups and dissect the material. And that way, we're not necessarily learning what the professor is teaching, but maybe a student from India and how they might see the material or a student from Africa and how they might see the material and interpret it and how they have experienced certain medical things. And we all put in our two cents, if say, mm-hmm. and how we can then use that to apply it. Oh, that's really great. That's amazing. And when you're studying in just one place with lots of students from that place, you're going to get a very different perspective, right? As you said, yeah. when you're studying with international students. The school's already going beyond the textbook, it sounds like. That's really great. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what do you think is sort of missing in medical curriculum in terms of teaching diversity? So that's really interesting. At first, just going into school, I didn't think anything was missing because you're being taught everything and you just accept it as this is the way it is. And this is what we have to know. And this is how we're going to apply it. But then we were sitting in small groups and just everyone giving their experiences. You kind of think back to like, how would this be reflected into my family and my culture? And then you kind of think like, hey, maybe we are missing some things. Just for example, with my family, we are South American, um, but we're kind of considered Caribbean. And in the Caribbean, a lot of indigenous people rely heavily on naturopathic and homeopathic remedies and medicines. And a lot of people who maybe grown up in lower income or in impoverished states, they don't have access to healthcare and medicine. So they don't see that as the first resort or they don't necessarily have the resources to go to a physician. So they rely on bush doctors and bush medicine, where they use a lot of herbs and plants to then cure ailments. Yep. Yeah. And I think, as you said, unless you're in a scenario or a situation, right, where you're exposed to these differences, whether that is studying with international students or whether that is coming from a diverse background as you have, you don't necessarily know what's missing, you know, from from your education. You don't know what you don't know, right? So, and I, I think it's really interesting to talk to you about it from your perspective, because you have been exposed to these different scenarios and, and work with lots of different people and come from this diverse background. So you've been able to kind of pinpoint maybe what is missing. And I wanted to ask how you overcame those challenges then within your medical education. What did you kind of seek out or look for or look at to try and fill in those gaps? So one thing I definitely loved working and learning from my peers and colleagues And I loved my school and I loved living on the island. We had a lot of experience just going out and learning. So one project I did was um, a DNA barcoding project in Antigua. And it was a grant funded project. And we were able to go to like the rainforest and collect these plants and then put them in a database to then DNA barcode the plants that are in the Caribbean and specifically Antigua. And that project was then supposed to go into how these medicines are used primarily by the indigenous populations. Mm -hmm. One example, there's kind of a skin infection called tinea versicolor. Mm -hmm. It leaves um, white patches on the skin and you would be treated with topical ointments. But I know from my culture, and then I also met people in Antigua, you can use a same plant. It's kind of like a bean, but you use the leaves of that bean, then mash it up and rub it on the skin to then treat that infection. That's amazing. Yeah, I think we should add that into our question bank because we definitely have a question (laughs) on that. It just comes down to exposure Mm. because like I mentioned, if we don't know what we're missing, we can't necessarily address that. Being able to meet patients and meet people from a lot of different cultures and backgrounds, you see what you kind of have to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, as you said, that really kind of hits the nail on the head is it's about experience, it's about exposure and practice, essentially. Yes. Yeah broadening your horizons any way you can, even using different resources from different people. What sorts of medical resources did you use to fill in these gaps as well? So I tried to look into a lot of research because a lot of articles came out on how a lot of skin conditions look on darker skin tones, Right. which I didn't know that was missing until you actually start going through it. And then one incredible doctor, Dr. Chetty Abir, who came out last year with a lot of these images on how the fetus or how skin conditions or just how organs look on a person of black descent. Mm -hmm. 
And it was amazing to see because I, you didn't know that you haven't seen that before. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of seeing that and then getting to then learn more and see more and how we can incorporate this going into like research articles and then even just social media in general. Like I know social media gets a, a bad rap, but it's actually a great learning tool because a lot of people are now exposing these truths and it's being shown for the masses to see. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, on one hand, social media can be difficult and it can be a bit addictive and, you know, it has all the bad stuff, but there's a yeah. lot of good stuff there as well. And there's actually a lot of knowledge sharing via social media, especially if you're part of, you know, medical communities or medical groups or, you know, student groups, yeah. you can find some really, really interesting resources. Yeah. And like you said, it just opens up such a world of information that you weren't even aware of before. So if you look into this illustration of the black fetus, then it links to other articles. And there's a clinical handbook called Mind the Gap about skin conditions on black and brown skin. And then you just keep building and building. And it's really exciting to look into this information, but it's really a pity that it's not taught more widely, you know, in yeah, the exactly. standard medical textbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cause even for me, just doing random questions, you might see a question on melanoma and mm -hmm. on light skin, you can easily diagnose that and see that there's something wrong, but right. on dark skin, you wouldn't know what the difference between a nevus and, and melanoma might be. Exactly. Yeah. Once you start to kind of look further and deeper, you really start to think, well, actually, this yeah. isn't here. And as you said, the more patients you treat, the more people you experience time with, you start to think, well, actually, I really need these resources. And obviously, you come in from a very different background and the role your community of family background might have played in, in shaping your ideas about what medical education might look like or what it should look like. So initially going into medical school, my family was kind of, they have a, a love and hate kind of relationship with medicine. You go to the doctor if you absolutely necessarily have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you kind of just don't want to go to the doctor because they have this idea that they're just going to prescribe unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like in some countries where they don't have that trust. Right. Yeah. So initially I wanted to go into medicine and I wanted to understand it more. And I did want to build that trust. And I got involved in a lot of community work. And that's why I love community. I love local organizations because I want to build that trust. And I want people who haven't had that experience to then gain that and gain the knowledge that like, no, medicine is here to help you. Right. But in order for us to help you, we have to understand more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And understanding different communities, different cultures, different approaches to medicine and being more open-minded essentially about how we think about different patients from different places, different communities, different backgrounds. And really listening, I think, instead of just deciding what they need. That was one thing with the recent pandemic and the vaccines, working with South Queens Women's March, it was a lot of people are hesitant for vaccines. But if you go into the communities and you understand and you ask them the questions why, it's easier to then now lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't necessarily want to push anything on anyone, but just giving them the knowledge to understand and make their decisions. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I think communication is key to everything. And it's yes. very, very easy to just label groups of people as anti-vax. But if, if you don't understand why people are thinking that way, it can create a lot of problems. And I think opening up that communication is really important. Exactly. Yeah. Talking about things like medical literacy and education and knowledge, in addition to diversity and inclusivity, what sorts of lessons are you bringing with you to your residency? 
hopefully I'm trying to then get into a lot more community work. I do want to continue that while I go into clinicals and rotations. And I'm hoping that maybe not just seeing them in the hospitals, but understanding them on a more local level, it's easier to then connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching out outside of the clinic. That's really important. How do you see the future of medical education changing in regards to diversity? I see it changing, but maybe not at a pace that we can visibly see it. I think it also comes down to the student level. Yeah. Because if we're not voicing the changes that we need, then we can't depend on institutions to then teach us that because they don't know what we're missing. Right. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. It's got to change at a lower level and it's got to change earlier because at the end of the day, if you haven't learned those lessons at university, the generation change won't happen. Exactly. Yeah. When you're studying medicine, you really don't have time. It's either like studying or going out to help the community. Obviously, you right. want to help. You. That's why we're going into medicine. We want to help people. Yeah. And there must be so much pressure to learn what you need to learn and do what you need to do. But as you said, try to get involved in other things and there's just not necessarily enough time. And at least from my perspective, if you feel you just don't have the time, it's just important to ask questions, to question things and to communicate about things. Because if we're afraid to ask questions, nothing will change. That is so important. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't have the time, at least you can study more resources. You can increase your knowledge. You can broaden your horizons. You can take in these resources from different groups than yourself and really diversify your own education. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've learned a lot and it's been so great having you. Christina, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your amazing insights. It's really inspirational to chat to someone who's so actively involved in their community and advocating for diversity and inclusion on a daily basis. We hope that this episode will encourage students to ensure that their educational experience is as diverse as possible and that the conversation today can contribute to the wider discussion around diversity and inclusion within medical education. If you have any specific topics that you'd like to see us cover or questions that you'd like to ask, please get in touch at int.podcast at amboss.com. Today, we've talked about some of the differences when studying medicine in different locations, the importance of diversity and inclusion within medical education, and some ideas on how to advocate for future change. For some examples of diversity within different medical topics, head to the AMBOSS articles listed in the description below, plus some useful resources related to today's episode. Coming up next time, we'll be discussing the importance of communication, social skills, and empathy in patient care. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Don't forget, you can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com. The AMBOSS blog can also be found at blog.amboss.com US. And all information about our AMBOSS podcast and the AMBOSS platform can be found at go.amboss.com international podcast.